Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's another AMA episode, that is Ask Me Anything. I love to answer your questions, and if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to Victor at VictorJM.com. That's Victor at VictorJM.com. Today's question comes from Atisha in Philadelphia. She writes, I was blindsided with the news that my recently purchased two-family home is legally a single-family dwelling. I closed on the home in November of last year. It appraised for $300,000. I live in one unit and rent out the other on a short-term basis on Airbnb. I now have to obtain a limited lodging license in order to continue renting on Airbnb. I went through the process in order to do so and was blindsided by the LNI office with the news that the property I bought is not actually a multifamily home, but a single-family home. It seems the seller applied for RM1 classification, but never obtained any permits to do the work of flipping the home from single-family to multi. All of the work that the seller did to the property was done illegally, without any approval or permits. I went through the process of purchasing this home, having extensive credit checks done on me, paying for home inspections, paying for appraisals, and expecting the utmost due diligence from my lenders, the appraiser they hired, my title company, and the realtor. Now, here I am today with the information that there was fraud somewhere along the line, and I now cannot legally rent out my home for the purpose in which it was purchased. I'm kindly asking for your advice on what steps I need to take moving forward. I'm probably in need of an attorney who will be able to fight on my behalf. Well, Atisha, this is a great question, and I'm really sorry to hear about your troubles. First of all, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't want to be in the role of providing you legal advice. I'm happy to make an introduction to a couple of lawyers in Philadelphia who I've worked with before and who I would trust to help you with issues of this type. I've personally done a lot of multifamily construction in Philadelphia, and I'm very familiar with the process and the zoning code. The zoning information is readily and publicly available, and would take literally about two minutes to perform the due diligence. It's an essential due diligence item to check on the purchase of any property. Now, there are vast areas of the city that had previously been zoned as RM1 and then downzoned to a single family by an active city council. It's possible the previous owner thought they had the zoning for RM1, or maybe they applied to the Zoning Board of Appeal, citing the zoning change as a hardship as a reason to get the zoning variance. Whatever the reason, the fact is the work was done without a building permit, and that's probably at the root of the problem. See, there is an expiration for any zoning approval in Philadelphia, and I'm going to quote directly from their zoning ordinance. If no building permit is issued within three years of the issuance of the zoning permit or approval, the zoning permit shall expire. And should a building permit expire in more than three years has elapsed since the issuance of the zoning permit or the Zoning Board of Appeal approval authorizing the work, the zoning permit shall also expire. Now, building permit checks should always also be a due diligence item on any property purchase. Whether you have any recourse would depend on what the terms were in your agreement of purchase and sale. If the agreement warranted anything about the property, you might have some recourse. But if the agreement was purchased as is, where is, then you might be out of luck getting any compensation for damages. Now, if the realtor made any misrepresentations or made an error, there might be a claim against the realtor under their errors and omissions insurance. Again, it'll depend on the specifics of what you signed with your representation agreement with the realtor. Sometimes, the realtor is trying to double in the commission and provide dual representation. Under those agreements, there's usually an acknowledgement by you, the buyer, that the realtor is really working for the seller, and the buyer must beware that they're effectively unrepresented. Again, a lawyer can help you determine the facts of your case and whether you indeed have a claim. Now, in some cases, it might be possible 
to apply for and receive a retroactive building permit on the already completed project. The cost associated with retroactive permitting will depend on the scope and the value of the construction. And since the cat's already out of the bag, you might be responsible for paying back taxes on the increased value of the home. You could also be on the hook for the associated interest and penalties associated with the back taxes. Now, I would also expect you'll need to get an electrical inspection done and a fire inspection done to make sure that the building complies with both the electrical code and the fire code. I'm hoping the person who did the construction knew that they needed to install sprinklers, as this is a requirement for all multi-unit residential buildings in Philadelphia. In all the buildings we built in Philadelphia, we generally had to bring in a separate water main in order to meet the volume and pressure specifications for the sprinkler system. That's in addition to the domestic water supply. So if the building was a duplex, then it usually required a 2-inch water main. If it was a larger building, could even sometimes be a 5-inch water main or larger for the fire suppression system. If you can demonstrate that you purchased your property in good faith, you might find a cooperative and sympathetic ear in the the building department who will grant you a retroactive building permit. Is it going to cost you some money? Yes, absolutely. But it might not be that bad as long as you're not forced to rework the property to bring the building into compliance with the building code. Well, this should be a cautionary tale for all of our listeners. Always ensure that you check and make sure the building permits were applied for and they were properly closed out with a certificate of occupancy. I want to thank you, Atisha, for a great question, and I truly hope it works out well for you. I really hate to hear stories like this. For the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.